0: This podcast does not constitute financial or investment advice. It is for educational, general information and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions.
1: Sports is really hard to break into, like you have to know someone. And I got lucky being at the right place at the right time. But you also never know, like you're always interviewing when you're in any setting, really. You never know who you're talking to, you never know who they know. I have obviously had no idea that she had any of these sports connections. I was on a commercial real estate client and
0: she's the one that opened that door. You're listening to Banking on Girls, the podcast that explores the importance of financial literacy for girls and young women. And I'm your host, Marina Batniwala. Join me on this journey to uncover insights and inspiration. Today's guest is Darlene yamas the Vice President of Finance and Retail of the Miami Dolphins football team and the Florida Formula One Grand Prix. Prior to joining the Dolphins, she was the Director of Finance and Controller of the Los Angeles Rams. She has an MBA from UCLA and a Master of Accountancy from the University of Southern California, and she's a native of Los Angeles. She and her husband, Devin, now reside in Miami. Darlene, welcome. Thank you. So great to be here. You manage the finance and merchandise operations for the Miami Dolphins. sounds like a dream job for sports lovers. As a young girl, did you love sports? Did you ever think you would have a career in sports? I did
1: love sports growing up, but I didn't ever think I'd work in it. So, I mean, I you know, the World Cup has been going on this whole time. It's been super exciting. I remember being a kid and being super excited about the World Cup and always following it. I wasn't as big into football as a kid because my parents weren't as big into football, but going to USC, I was there during the Pete Carroll days. And so obviously I loved college football and that's kind of when I started liking American football and following it. And I loved it, but I always thought of it as a hobby, something I did for fun on the weekends. And so it was really nice to be able to get to work in it later in life.
0: So then how did you first get interested in a career in finance? So I think growing up,
1: money was always very tight in my family. My parents are immigrants from Mexico. And so seeing them struggle and all the sacrifices they did to give a better life to me and my siblings, I always knew that they sacrificed a lot to get us to where we were. And I had to do something with that sacrifice and that opportunity. So, you know, being from a young age, I was always kind of meant like math focused, financially focused as a kid, even learning, you know, to save money. And I'd lend money to my siblings and kind of always just having a little bit of that independence was important to me. And so I think as I went into college, like I knew I wanted to do business. My family has a lot of entrepreneurs and that major just kind of made sense for me. And then the recession happened when I was in college. And so I knew I could not you know, go into straight finance at the time. So I transitioned to accounting at that time. It was a class I'd taken. I liked it a lot and it made a lot of sense to me. And so I got down that road and it was nice to have, understand the finance, understand the accounting and what, you know, stakeholders and businesses are looking at.
0: Okay. So let's unpack a little bit of that. You said that you were always interested in math and you were focused on saving even as a kid. So how did that happen? Because not everyone has that in their childhood.
1: Yeah. So I think there's a couple things, you know, I, I mentioned my parents like sacrificing a lot. So there wasn't that much spare money. So I didn't get an allowance unless I earned it. And so starting at like, I knew I like, there's things I wanted. And my parents were like, if you want it, you have to go earn it. So I started this grass mowing business with my brother. And so we would mow the grass for our neighbors and we would split the money 50-50 on anything that we made. And so that like kind of helped me like dive into a little bit of like making my own business and making my own money and then saving some of it because I knew if I wanted things down the line, I had to pay for them myself if they were, you know, like luxuries and so I think those are kind of some of the motivations I had to just to like want more.
0: And so money was tight. That's not unusual. That's probably, you know, most people have that at some point in their lives. How was money actually talked about in your house growing up? Was it, were a negative connotations because money was tight or was there always sort of a positive way of looking at it?
1: Yeah, so I think it was a little bit negative because like money – was always tight. And it was always questioning of like, you always had to give something up for something else. And so those are hard decisions to make. You know, as an adult, my parents had four kids. And so there was a lot of us to bring up at the same time. And they always focused on us, on our kids, on our education, making sure that we were set up for success for the future, which I'm really appreciative now. But I think it was always, it always felt very like on edge talking about money. And so I knew at an early age, like I wanted to set myself up and, and my parents gave me the opportunity to have some financial freedom. You know, when your car breaks down, it doesn't all of a sudden become like an end all be all, you know? And I think for a lot of Americans, that is a problem. You run into a snafu and it totally wrecks you financially. So I knew I wanted to be in a place where I could feel financially stable. And I think being a woman, my mom always instilled and we have, I have, there's three girls and one boy in my family of just like, as a woman, you have to be financially independent. Like you have to make sure that you can take care of yourself with or without a partner because like, you never know what life's going to bring you. And you don't want to be in a situation where you, you know, you have no one to rely on. And so I think there was this big feeling of independence and like, in order to be independent, you have to be able to take care of yourself. And a big part of that is financially.
0: And do you think one parent or the other, mother or father, had more of an influence on this or did they influence you in different ways? I'd say in different ways. Like I think my
1: dad had an amazing work ethic and he, you know, just like worked a lot and made sure that we had all the necessities that we needed. And I think I think about that as I work. And this amazing work ethic that he had. But when it came to like budgeting at home, my mom was definitely the budgeter, the one that like balanced the checkbook and the one that talked about more of like being financially independent to us. And also like I saw her more in a day-to-day, she was a stay-at-home mom, just like doing those struggles of clipping coupons and trying to make sure that like we're ends were meeting. And so I think I learned a little bit from each.
0: So you learned organically by example from your mom in terms of, financial responsibility.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: How did you make the move from accounting into the world of sports? Yeah. So
1: this is a story I love to tell because I think it's one that's really relevant to like life and to people. So at the time I was working in Dallas for Ernst & Young and I got asked to be on this client that was a disaster, and everyone had quit, and no one knew what was happening. And they were like, "Do you want to be on this?" And obviously, I said, "No, that sounds like a disaster. Get me away from this." And they're like, "Great, you're going to be on it." So I go on, and you just try to make the best of it with this experience. And I kind of I get to know the VP of finance at that company. Just I'm in constant contact with her, making sure all her needs are met, that we're on track, and so we hit it off probably like two months into being there. And, you know, I was just trying to make sure that I was giving her the best client service, which is what my job was, that I could to her. And she came to me and asked me if she knew the Rams in LA needed a controller, if I knew anyone from LA. And I went home and talked to my husband about it. And he was like, you have to be crazy to not take this opportunity. Tell her you're interested. So I went back the next day and I was like, you know, it was a little weird, but I was like, hey, I don't know if this is weird, but like, I would be interested in this. And she was like, absolutely. I didn't know this until after the fact, but she wrote me this amazing recommendation of like, that my boss at the Rams told me, like, I was going to hire you unless you like told me you were a psycho. Like, because her recommendation was so good and they were good friends. And I think the thing that I, like, you know, that I realized from this is like, sports is really hard to break into. Like, you have to know someone. And I got lucky being at the right place at the right time. But you also never know, like you're always interviewing when you're in any setting, really. You never know who you're talking to. You never know who they know. I have obviously had no idea that she had any of these sports connections. I was on a commercial real estate client and she's the one that opened that door and more or less like got me that job. And it all happened kind of because of something, you know, the client service I gave her something totally different and so I always tell people like you never know who you're talking to you're sitting in the plane next to someone you're in line you know you so you you see someone get hurt and you help them like you just never know so like you always have to be in your a-game and showing your brand
0: great advice now tell us what are some of the perks of working in sports yeah there's a lot of perks and I, I've been
1: very fortunate like during my time when I was at the Rams in 2018, we went to the Super Bowl. So, my husband, myself, and some of our friends got to go to Atlanta for that Super Bowl. So unfortunately, we lost that one. Okay. But I did get an NFC Championship ring from it, which is cool. I have it at my house. And, you know, I got to be at a Super Bowl. Like, that's an experience that most people don't get in their lifetimes. And that was, I think, really special and something that's always stuck with me. And then at the Dolphins, like, I not only get to go to all the games, but the cool things I get to, like, be part of things like the Miami Open, the tennis tournament, and the Miami Grand Prix, the F1 race. And I get to be at all of those places and like be in the back. You know, you're part of the machine that makes these things happen. And through both, like all of my sports career, I've just worked with the most incredible people and people that I've learned so much from and that are so passionate and care so much about what they do that it's really an inspiration.
0: How is the Grand Prix related to the Dolphins? Yeah, so the Grand
1: Prix is similar ownership that the Dolphins are. The Dolphins are owned by Stephen Ross and the Miami Grand Prix takes place around our stadium where the Dolphins play and some of the things are held inside of the stadium as well and it has common ownership.
0: Now what advice do you have for young girls who are leaving school or entering college or even those who are now sort of looking at entering the workforce?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a couple things. So when I went to college and just being kind of from the background that, that I am, like I know, you know, the U.S. has this huge issue with college debt and student debt and how crippling it could be later in life. And now being out of college, I see that with a lot of my friends. And so I got cut, like, I got lucky And in, in thinking about this when I went to college and thinking about like, I knew I didn't want to have student debt. Like that was really important to me because I knew it wouldn't just impact like my stress levels of knowing how much I was accumulating with how expensive, you know, university is in the U S but it would just give me a lot more financial freedom as I got out of the workforce to follow my passions or do things because I didn't have this weight of a loan payment every month and, you know, surviving in places like LA and Miami and some other cities I've lived in is hard enough. They're expensive cities that like adding a loan payment on top of that, it, you know, would have made my life really tight. So I think I focused on going to a school where I could get a scholarship and pay my way that way. I was very academically focused in high school. I was you know thankful to be able to get an academic scholarship. That made a huge difference as like I got out of college. So I think that's huge. You think about like where you're going to school, weigh what you want to major in. And like how that makes sense to the school you're going to, like what the hiring rates are, where people go to that school. It's not stuff I totally knew to look at when I was going to school. I just kind of was like, I'm from L.A. I've heard of USC. My cousins went there. I'll go there. And so it wasn't the most flushed out like thought process. But think about those things. I think that's really important. And think about what you want to major in, because, like you know, look up what people make in that major. And not that I'm saying that you should make your career decision based on how much money you make. But on your financial independence, you just need to know and be prepared for those sort of things. And whatever that is, that's fine. But just know that you can live within those means. And you're okay with that lifestyle. And I think that will set you up for success and for the lifestyle that you want.
0: Great advice again. Now, are you completely comfortable managing your own finances?
1: I mean, I do manage a good amount. Like I invest in my 401k, I balance my own portfolio. I do I like work with my husband a lot. Like we kind of bounce ideas off each other, you know? And I think having whatever partner that is or a friend or a parent or a mentor to sometimes to like bounce those things and have those conversations is really important. I didn't grow up talking. My parents never talked about stocks or 401ks or anything like that. So as I've gotten older, part of it is just trying to figure out like, how do you do this? What does this mean? What are things people are doing that I've never heard of? Like backdoor, you know, 401ks. I didn't know what that was. So recently, but it's like you sometimes like, I try to talk to my friends, you know, we talk about like, what are the things that you're doing that you're setting yourself up to be able to retire, you know, on time or early. And like, what's important to you as you think about those things. And I think like my husband's a great like partner in that, that like we can talk about, like we talk about these things all the time of like, hey, you know, this stock took a hit. Should we buy some? Should we put some more in the index? Should we put more to our 401k? Like, what does that mean for our long-term financial future? So I think just whoever it is that you have these conversations with, the fact that you're thinking about them. And you're making conscious decisions is huge for like your, you know, your future.
0: Right. And I think, you know, just even taking an interest and if you don't know about it, even just taking steps to learn more about it, as you say, talking to whoever you can and trying to be more educated is the best first step you can take. Mm -hmm. Okay, Darlene, you are a fantastic role model for all young women out there. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Banking on Goals podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate the podcast and be sure to hit subscribe or follow so you can receive notifications of new episodes. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and at bankingongoals.com.